and welcome to Popcorn Optional, a weekly movies podcast where we talk all things movies. And this week is the creme de la creme, the big kahuna, the bell of the ball, every the end of all of movies, the final movie to ever be made. <laughs> it is no movies will come after it. There, it is the dividing thing in all of movies. It is the biggest deal of all big deals, and that is Hellboy. (laughs) (laughs) Movie time will now be determined as uh, B-A-E and A-A-E. So Bay. Avengers Endgame and after. Yes, Bay and A. (laughs) My favorite Bay movie is probably like Lord of the Rings, but I could have a different Bay movie if you like persuaded me. <laughs> I like that. I mean, I think that, I do think that all movie universes will be judged by this moving forward. I, I mean, we'll get into specifics. I don't know if there's ever been anything like this and I don't know if there ever will be anything like this again. Well, also with Game of Thrones this past weekend, which apparently was like a really hyped episode for Game of Thrones, this might have been like the biggest pop culture weekend ever. Yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is the characters in that are also, their family name is Stark. So it's all the Starks. I can't big handle it. Weekend, big weekend for the Stark family. For <laughs> worldwide. Yeah. All Starks. Real and famous. Yeah. Is this what the Kardashians feel like? <laughs> This is exactly what Kim K feels like on a daily basis. Can you imagine? Yeah, as anybody who's listening to this probably knows, this movie made all of the money. Not just some of it. It made $357 million domestically. The previous record was 257. It beat Avengers Infinity War by $100 million. Which to put that into perspective, lower end Marvel movies have barely made like Incredible Hulk, have barely made a hundred million dollars in their entire run, and that's just the amount that this beat the previous record by. This, this movie made back its budget in four days. Yeah, I just love that. Like everyone was like, Infinity War. Oh my God, it made two hundred and fifty million. That's insane. Do you think that we're gonna beat that hundred million dollars? Beat it by a hundred million dollars million dollars yeah it's not even close i've sent the scrooge mcduck coin dive gif like 50 times this weekend (laughs) yeah Uh, it's and then that's i mean so then on top of that if you want to go into okay what did this movie make globally 1.222 million bill or sorry billion dollars like uh all right dr evil over here billion <laughs> billion with a b yeah it's it's i know we've talked about this but like the the most astounding thing about this is that all of these characters that are in this these movies 20 years ago were in like there were movies about all of them in development hell no like yes. no one could get these movies made no one could come up with a way to tell these stories no one had any good ideas Somehow, even though the comic books have been around for 40 years with good ideas. But then one man named Kevin Feige made it all happen. He's like, he's the 21st century Stan Lee. He 
<laughs> he 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 brought like the characters aren't his, but the stories are. Brought this thing to a modern audience in a modern way. It's incredibly impressive. It blows my mind. Blows my mind that we're finally at this point. I feel like this is something that's at least been hyped since 2010, 2012, whenever Avengers first yeah, came the out. First Avengers, and it's like that. Everyone, that's when they this this kind of started rolling. Yeah, May of 2012. And so it's like, this has been hyped for seven years. And now we're finally here where it's time for it to be released. And it's happened. And I think the quote that we had last weekend was like, you can do a great you know, trick, but if you don't stick the landing, the trick doesn't matter. Illusion, and I, Cameron. Illusion. What'd you say? Illusion. <laughs> Sorry. The prestige, as Master Michael Kine would show. So I have a quick. Wait, I know we didn't want to do any segments, but I have a quick idea for a segment, real quick, off the top of okay. your head. Who are the three most important people for the MCU? I will oh, go first. That's easy. They are. They are Kevin Feige, Robert Downey Jr., and Joss Whedon. Mm, I would say Kevin Feige, Robert Downey Jr., and John Favreau. I would say Bob Iger, head of Disney, um, the Russo brothers, and Kevin Feige. Yeah, but I, I push back on Bob Iger because Bob Iger has said some stuff the past couple of days where I'm like, oh, no, he doesn't get it. He just wants to make more money. That's What has he said? He's been saying stuff like, obviously, we're super happy with the Avengers and the story and... Uh, I don't want to say we're done with the Avengers because clearly the market's there for more Avengers. But, uh, um, well, it's like the Russo brothers and Feige are like, yeah, I think the Avengers story is over and we're going to move on to different things. But Bob Iger's just seeing dollar signs. I mean, this movie has the potential to, to be the first to pass $3 billion. I think Avatar is at $2.7 and that's the highest ever. I mean, I was thinking about it on the way to the, like, the the week leading up to, I've never been this hyped for a movie. And we've had some pretty big movie things happen in our lifetimes. Like, the prequels came out in our lifetime. The the new Star Wars series came out in our lifetime. Dark Knight Trilogy, Lord of the Rings. Like, we've had some big cultural cultural moments in our lifetime. We've been really lucky. And I don't think I've ever been as, like, giddy and nervous walking into a movie as I was yeah, this, with this was movie. this was top level hype like with the force awakens dark Knight rises I think that's that's like all I can think of that that comes close had you guys like did you guys know what the general reaction was going in like had you looked up rotten tomato scores and all that stuff or like any reviews before going into the movie the the general like consensus was kind of everywhere in the media like it was almost impossible to avoid some reaction to the film's early screenings but seeing how positive they were it just made me more excited walking into the movie yeah and it was it's it's this thing and it's this interesting thing where i talked about this with star wars on our last episode but like you know generally what the ending is going to be like like you know how these things work but Hearing the good reviews like made made like one made me feel like the three hours was going to be worth it because we talked about the runtime a lot and everyone 
but then it's also you know just the just this idea of like how the heck are we going to get here like what is i mean what's the path I will say I wasn't expecting the whole Ant-Man Thanos butthole thing to be real. Like I was not expecting Whoa, that. In okay, the we're going to get into spoilers here in a little bit. Oh, I'm we'll sorry. We'll also talk the whole breakfast shawarma scene, yeah. how it brings everything complete. I thought it was interesting to um, make the mealtimes around shawarma the key part of the film. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they spent a good two hours just eating shawarma, not saying a single word. I I did expect riveting. that. I did expect it was, that. It was very French New yeah. Wave. Funny last yes. last little like funny thing I'll say before we get to seriousness. When we were talking about most influential people on MCU, I was going through the list of like, yeah, John Favreau, first director, Kevin Feige, obviously. And I was gonna say Robert Downey Jr., but I almost had a Freudian slip and said Tony Stark. <laughs> like that's how Mm. iconic he is guys he's he is tony stark because he is what, iron it, man it, yes. it, the, the whole thing doesn't work without him like it did yeah. yeah he holds the whole thing together because we may not remember this but as i was going back through okay so the first phase one of the cinematic universe is iron man mm-hmm. kicked everything off on a great note does everything right incredible hulk is garbage yep. iron man 2 is garbage thor is not good uh captain america's good and then you get to the avengers and so for a while the only real thing that they had that was going for them was tony stark yeah iron man 2 isn't garbage it's it's not great but like iron man 2 is where you're starting to see you're starting to see like team-ups kind of happen and you're like oh wait if you get robert downey jr and some other talented actors in a room together some magic happens (laughs) let's see what happens let's let's go Okay, but it's not nearly as great of a film as Iron Man, or does it live up to the uh, hype sure, of no. the rest of the... You know, looking back at the MCU, the, there are some films that are benchmarks within here. And I don't... I mean, I think Iron Man's a benchmark film. Avengers is a benchmark film. I think uh, Winter Soldier and Guardians of the Galaxy are both kind of benchmark films. Civil War. Um, yeah, and then, you like, I feel like the past couple, like Thor Ragnarok was pretty big. Black Panther was pretty big. Obviously, Infinity War was pretty big. I think that um, and then, you Soldier know, and Guardians of the Galaxy coming out close to each other are the two that like really raised the ceiling for this thing. Like this is what yeah. these can be. Yeah. Like Avengers was great, and I think it's one of the three or four best. But but it was a team up. It was a huge thing. Like it's it's easier to make a big thing when you're having those huge team ups. But with Winter Soldier and especially Guardians of the Galaxy, like no one knew who these who these characters were before this movie. Endgame has happened. And guys, did it live up to the hype? Oh man. Um I I was so hyped for this that I did I didn't think anything could Like is this the most hyped you've ever been I, for a movie? It it might be. This this movie, I completely agree. It was it was amazing. This movie is amazing in two ways. One, it it rewards the viewer for watching the twenty films before it. Like it is it is complete. And I know we kind of complain about this sometimes, but this was the perfect timing. This movie, while being epic and huge and fantastic, was also like a complete service to its fans. Like it was just fun. Like we got everything we wanted. We got like everyone got a hero shot. Everyone got an awesome moment. 
Like it just, it just was so amazing. It also is as someone who's, you know, read a lot of comic books, this is the perfect comic book movie. In in conjunction with Infinity mm-hmm. War and Endgame together, no film I've ever seen has captured the feel and the ethos of a comic book event saga like these two do. It has the look, it has the feel, it has the highs, it has the lows. Yeah, it has the predictability. That's what comic books do. The bad guys always lose. The good guys always win. That's why you read comic books. But this just does it so well. It's not the, I, I don't hear me say it's the best movie ever made based on a comic book, but it is the perfect way to adapt a comic book into a film. It's just. Mm. And Trevor, you perfect. know, I think that you hit on an interesting thing there. And the reason why they're able to do everything here is because they've set it up so well with the bad guy winning in Infinity War. You know, Thanos wins at the end of Infinity War. And that's maybe the first time in a superhero movie that that's ever happened. And so that's that's incredible to see for one, but then to see where this movie goes with that is incredible. I think I will say that I think this is the it's hard to judge it against other films because yes, this is the culmination of other things and it's not telling one singular story, but it's telling the story of everything. But I as I've sat with this movie, I feel like this is the greatest Marvel movie ever to come out. And I feel like any highs, any lows are all paid off. This movie has things from every single movie. It quotes back to phase one movies, phase two, phase three movies. It has payoffs for characters that you didn't expect. It has, like Jake said, comedy, uh, drama. There's... There's a self-awareness uh, to it as well, yes, which yeah. is always yes. refreshing. It just gives you like it gives right. you everything you've asked for, and I mean, wh- whatever. We're getting into spoilers because go see the Stang movie. What's wrong with you? Um, like, also, who hasn't seen this <laughs> I know, <movie>? right? <laughs> I mean, like, like the best thing example I can think of is like, and we got to see a little bit of this in Iron Man three, but like Pepper Potts joining the battle, and like, like that's like something people have been asking for for yes. years. And you know what? The Russo brothers, yep. it's like they went on Reddit and they were like, what do people want? All right, let's put that in. Let's put that in. <laughs> and the funniest thing is like, we've seen Captain America three, maybe four times now go into a situation and not necessarily say like, I can do this uh-huh. all day, but give that face where you're like, he's still, he's uh-huh. still cap. And it's like, it, it never is any less impactful like seeing him strap on that shield in a moment of like darkness, I'm st- I, I still get as much chills as I did when it first happened. It was perfect, y'all. That's why, and, and it just like it was perfect. the way the story is structured, so that like they truly, literally are Avengers. Like it's <laughs> like it's just oh my gosh, everything about this. Yeah. And like and what I loved about this movie is, like I said, it was complete fan service. Once, like, I love. I don't you, think it is. Well, well I'm not, may not complete, but it works so well because 30 seconds before something happens, you know what's going to happen. But 30 seconds before that, you had no idea it was about to come. Hmm. And like yeah. the way that things build wow. and like the kind of the plans and payoff, like you always talk about, Cam, is you have this thing where minute to minute, you don't know what's happening next, but then a couple things line up and you're like, oh, yes, this is going to be awesome. And then it's just yes. like, it's your, it like, sets it sets you up in such a way that you like hype yourself up every 15 minutes for what's about to happen and i feel like with with so many marvel movies they've 
held things back like, oh, no, we don't want to do that moment, because if we do that moment, like, how are we ever going to top that? And so with this, it's like, nope, all cards are on the table. (laughs) This is it. Every insane moment you could ever think of, every insane fan theory or like thing that they've ever wanted to see, we're going to make happen on screen. And there's things that happen that it's just like, oh, man, that's beautiful. There are a lot of things that are predictable like when you take the chance to like think about them and kind of you guys were saying like fan service but still deliver in a really fun and positive way but there are some things that they do that are such big risks that are only earned because of this being the 22nd movie and we can get on that into spoilers but there are just some character decisions that i don't think anybody saw coming that are (laughs) so fantastic I cannot wait to see what they're doing in the future with those characters. Are you talking about when Robert Downey Jr. passes the gnocchi soup to Thanos? (laughs) Yeah, I'm talking about that. Uh, That specifically. Yes, yes. No, uh, we'll get to that later. But just it's simultaneously predictable, unpredictable, satisfying, leaves you wanting more, but in the best way possible, ties up all the loose ends, but sets up things in the future. I mean, it's just... It's great, and I feel like we have to get the spoilers to it's keep a, talking about it's it. A, I think everything that you just said, Jake, like shows what a unique thing this is because it does all of those things well at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it just it's earned. That's the biggest thing is it's, it's earned. It's not Justice League being the third movie. Like <laughs> it's it's the twenty second. It's the most expensive, biggest TV show ever that has a great final episode. <laughs> and i think the reason i don't like the word fan service is because fan service feels like pandering sure. and at no point here are they ever like pandering to the audience at least in my opinion yeah i could be wrong yeah, no, I, yeah I, I agree i just i think of it in the sense of like like every every good idea that they may have held back on at some point they mm-hmm. they let loose completely in that that's true all right, well, let's start to get to the movie. Obviously, if you haven't seen it, everything in it is a spoiler. <laughs> so even to talk about like the very first couple scenes uh, is going to ruin things. And that's another thing, really quick. The marketing on this movie, job well done. You gave nothing away whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. You deserve an Oscar for that. Very first scene, movie starts, and everybody's going, okay, where are we going? Thanos just snapped his fingers. Everybody died. What are we going to see? And it opens up and it's Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye who was gone for the entire first movie in Infinity War. And he's just sitting there with his family having fun. And like, did you guys realize instantly oh, yeah. or was there some <laughs> sort of like moment of like, huh, I wonder if this is post snap no. or pre snap. It, it was the moment I saw the family on screen. It was instant dread. Um, <laughs> it's, made but it, it, it's, it's so it's so perfect though. Like this decision is so perfect because not only does it make Hawkeye's character arc make sense and it also starts the film off with the emotional punch that the first film ended on, but it shows how perfectly these two movies are set up to be watched back to back. Like this is a sequel in the truest sense. Yeah. You can watch Infinity War and seamlessly transition into Endgame and literally it will just flow. Like from one one yeah. to the next, it's, like it's, skip skip the credits, but like they will flow. It's almost there are some things in this movie that even make it more impressive that they shot this before the first one was even released. And it's that yeah. like 
it's like they intentionally opened the movie this way because they knew what the hype was going to be like for it. And they were like, wait a second, you guys need to remember what's going on. here." Yeah. And they, and they give you the most human character of the Avenger as the most regular life. That's what you're reminded of. It's grounding. It's so grounding. It makes so much sense, especially to like, there are so many people that were upset after Hawkeye wasn't in Infinity War whatsoever, and this, like the event, the directors kept saying, "It's gonna make sense once you see the film. It's gonna make sense once you see the film." And then once you actually watch this, you're like, "I couldn't have thought of a better way to tie the two films together than that opening." Yeah. So then we get past that. All of Hawkeye's family's gone. We move on to Tony and Nebula out in space after the attack on Titan where everybody was snapped away except for them two. And, you know, Tony's dying out in space, the oxygen's leaving. And let's talk through this build of like, did you guys, did this feel like it was going too slow because we kind of knew where this was going to go or were you still invested in this moment? I mean, I was in it. It was, for one thing, there's like four things in this movie that I need a whole movie on. And one of them is, Tony Stark and Nebula floating inside of a spaceship for a week um, yeah. or three weeks, whatever it was. But yeah, then playing paper football. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was great. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it works for me. Um, it's, it's another way to just kind of remind you what's going on. And whether, even though we know that Tony Stark is going to get rescued at some point, something's going to happen. He doesn't know that. So it, it kind of, in a, in a different way, brings kind of this this heaviness and reality to kind of the cosmic part which sometimes i think is a little detached from reality yeah i mean honestly the first like two hours of this movie is similar to these scenes it's it's our heroes have lost and it's them kind of like just sitting in the sitting in the mess that they couldn't stop and watching the characters interact with each other in a new way that we're not used to and getting to know the characters even better. Um, once again, that's stuff that's earned after 22 movies and we want right. that. Iron Man gets back and then, you know, Jake, I think what you're talking about is that payoff where it's cap and Iron Man haven't seen each other since civil war. And now we're seeing them interact for the first time after this mass destruction. And it's, that's the scene like early on in this movie i was like if there was ever a marvel actor that was going to get nominated for best actor i would be make a big case for robert downey jr in this movie based off of that scene alone oh yeah he's great because in that scene i'm like he's broken yeah like he's broken it had that scene had a weight that i don't think the marvel movies have ever had in terms of like character acting the stakes on the table um the way it was shot felt so different than really anything else except for maybe the the dinner scene in avengers ultron that's one thing i really liked about in this film is like the cinematography is so intimate in those intimate moments and then obviously like when it's cgi video game fest it's a little bit different (laughs) but um it's just you're in the story in every sense of the way you're there with the characters in the chaos of the argument in the middle of the loss. Um, the camera is frenetic because the emotions are frenetic, even though there's not a lot visually happening, but that makes it more interesting. Then we move on and we get to all of the Avengers in their current state going to find Thanos 
and get him to reverse all of this. And, you know, now they have Captain Marvel on their team. So things kind of happen pretty quick here. But was this was this how you guys thought this part of the movie was oh, going to go? Man. Were you guys like, oh, OK, well, this is this is easy. This was like the the turned up to 11, 11 version of like, you know, Blade Runner 2049. Everyone's like, is K a replicant? Is K a replicant? And, you know, like four minutes into the movie, Vienna Wave is like, doesn't matter. Who cares? <laughs> and but this is that same kind of concept turned up, like like I said, to 11, where it's just like, all right, you want your your Ant-Man theories and all of that dumb, stupid stuff. Here we go. He's dead. Get over it. Yeah. That's not the problem right now. Yeah, that was it was you know that like they're going to have to face Thanos again, but they at the beginning they're just like nope, doesn't matter. It already happened. It's done. Like and that was kind of a moment for me of like, well, crap, this movie's going to be a lot different than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That was the point where it was just like, well, what happens now? I have no idea. It also makes Thanos it makes Thanos a lot more interesting of a character to me though. Cause it's like he achieved his mission and he was like, I'm done. I, I want to destroy the stones. I don't care right. if you kill me. It almost makes yeah. him, I don't want to use the word like Christ like, but like he, <laughs> he had a job to do hmm. and he accepted right. it, that job. It adds, it adds way. I mean like he is who he said he was, yeah. which is not usually what we get from our villains. <laughs> yeah. It makes him 100% authentic and you can, you can hate him. But God damn it, you're going to respect him. <laughs> this happens within the first 15 minutes of the movie. And you're like, okay, okay, we have two hours and 45 minutes left. Yeah. Thanos is dead. I don't even think the title huh. card had played yet. Like, yeah, I don't think it had either. I think it played after that scene. <laughs> yeah. And then you get the slow. After that, it's the five Oof. years yeah. later. Yeah. Oh, and that's man. my favorite part of the movie is this movie goes, you know what? We're going to take a three hour runtime and we're going to spend a good 30 minutes sitting in this. <laughs> a lesser movie would just go, all right, let's move on. Next step. And they would just cut straight from that to like Captain America being like, let's get the team together. But it's like, nope. Caps in like therapy meetings. Yeah. Tony Stark's with his family. I mean, you get you know fat you've thor got, you've got black Smart widow Hulk. asking what to do about an earthquake how do we stop an earthquake yeah like yeah like everyone is just spent they're just done yeah fat. black widow sharing a sandwich with captain america <laughs> Ooh. never could the sandwich be so interesting guys fat thor and smart hulk are oh my gosh just so brilliant good. Especially Amazing. considering Smart Hulk took me a second. Considering like the where the characters were in Ragnarok, like uh-huh. literally like eight months ago when that movie came out. <laughs> uh, yeah, such such interesting development for characters that we thought we knew their their direction. Also, yeah. thank thank God we got a little bit of Korg. I always want more Korg, but yeah, hey man, yeah, feel free to log on to the Wi Fi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. He's, he's and then so you get Tony with his daughter. Uh, Never did I think that I would need like that would be something that I wanted, but it's so perfect for that character. Yeah, it's it's the completion of his arc. Like everything that happens after he becomes a father doesn't is just like icing for his character. Mm-hmm. Like thinking about where we met him ten years ago, showing off weapons of mass destruction in the midst. 
Now he lives mm-hmm. in upstate New York on a lake with a five-year-old daughter who has a tent in the backyard. Uh, oh, it's perfect. My heart can't take it, guys. And didn't, <laughs> isn't, um, wasn't that the dream that he had that he was telling Pepper Potts about? in the park at the beginning yeah, of Infinity yeah. War. Yeah, he said he said we have we yeah. have we had a family or something. Yeah. He, I think he even said the name Morgan or something. Yes, he did. He did say the name because it was like like her uncle's name or something like that. I can't remember what it was. Hmm. Okay. If you remember back to that vision that he had at the beginning of Age of Ultron, mm-hmm. that almost comes true in this movie. The final Hulk battle. shield is yeah. Or uh-huh. Captain Shield is like you know busted in half, but it's like there's so many like and Jake, I mean you hit it on the head, but there's all these like different callbacks to other films. All right, so team gets back together. What did you guys think of Hulk's whole explanation of time? Because there, there's a lot of the movie that would probably fall apart for some people because time travel is such a tricky thing, and so it's like if you don't nail it, it's going to be awfully you know annoying. This is the type of time travel that makes the most sense to me. Yes. And it's the, if they, they brought in multiple leading physicists to help write the script and they they all said like, this is what time travel is actually what it would be like. This is, yeah, this is like, it's grounded in string theory and that kind of stuff of just kind of the infinite realities created that that nothing that's happened before can be erased per se, but things will just splinter. Isn't it? Because if you go to the past, the past becomes your future and the present is your past time even if you move in a different spot in time your time arc is still linear yeah i i I thought it was explained well and i've read a bunch of people who didn't get it writing about how there's plot holes in the time travel and and it was like oh guys you missed the exposition dump (laughs) (laughs) i don't like do you guys have issues because i always hear people being like there's so much exposition in this movie it's so annoying i don't know if i'm just like a simpleton or something, but it's like exposition dumps never happen to me. Maybe that's just because it's like they have to happen. Like, well, and they're, they're, through, they, like, they're delivered so effectively because they're 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 attached to character moments, like yeah, like like learning Ant-Man. about Smart Thor and Ant Man being in like going crazy while also figuring up the idea for how they're gonna beat Thanos. Yeah, that's 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 why it all works. Let's talk yeah. about. I know you're probably about to get to this, Cam. the The number one thing that I 100 percent need a movie of is I need the R rated Hawkeye slasher vigilante movie. Absolutely, I, I need the whole movie. Like just John Hawkeye Wick traveling. Style. Yes, exactly. Traveling around the world, just finding bad people who are exploiting and oppressing people, and just destroying their lives. Like, yeah, I mean, he's getting I his own it, movie too, or I want TV it show. Stylized. I want it violent. I want like rap core music playing in the background. <laughs> like, I want this thing to be just absurd. And I also want that haircut. Maybe that's what Disney Plus <laughs> is for. <laughs> but his daughter is in the movie. I should say. Uh, well, maybe movie, she's like show. Katie in that Hawkeye well, comic. Well, the as I was gonna say, the, the the show is based on the Matt Fraction comic. I think it's gonna be about training Kate Bishop to take over. It is as Hawkeye, yeah. yeah. And that comic does not hold anything back. So okay, so everybody splinters off. We get all this time travel stuff. Different teams going to different places. You have Hulk, Iron Man, 
uh, Captain America all going off into one timeline. You have Thor and Rocket going off into another timeline. And then you have Nebula, Rhodey, Black Widow, and Jeremy Renner, Hawkeye going off to go get other stones. They're all trying to go back and get these different stones. So were there any of these pairings that didn't work for you guys? And you're like, okay, I get it. Those are just the two leftovers. Because, um, I mean, there are some pretty strong groupings in this that it's kind of hard to make the the leftovers are war machine and nebula but john Cheadle and karen gillen are so great that it doesn't it's not even a problem yeah Yeah. i I definitely think that like this film weirdly has too much war machine and a lot too much of nebula um but i mean i agree i love the nebula stuff in this movie yeah we we can talk about that in a second um, it's such an interesting arc for her character. I mean, we might as well get into it now, but it's like, I think that she goes on such an interesting journey going back to Guardians till now. I agree. I just don't like the character as much as other characters. Yeah, I, I agree with the, that. I, I think I think it's an interesting story, but I just don't think she's that interesting. My argument to that would be that every other character has their moment in this movie. And so it's not like it was like they gave her time and it's like, well, they should have given time to this person. It's like, no, everybody has plenty of time. So let's get to the most heartbreaking of all these pairings, which is, as we know from the first film, in order to get the Soul Stone, you have to sacrifice something that you love. And what pair do they send to go get that? But Black Widow and Hawkeye, <laughs> yeah, the two who have known each other the longest. It's the only way. Uh, yep. Whatever but I it do, takes. I do think it seems like Nebula understood, sort of, that this was how it worked for the Soul Stone. Well, because it wouldn't make sense if her and Rhodey went and did it, because it's like they don't love each other, and so they couldn't get it. I guess that's true. So, but I mean, did did Nebula was Nebula? Did she like not tell everyone the full story about what was required, or did she not understand the full story? This is my only plot hole. I don't think that she understood because I don't even think that Gamora. If you watch Infinity War, I don't think Gamora knew what you had to do to get it. I think she just knew it was on Morag or whatever that planet right called. i guess and they didn't necessarily they knew that gamora didn't come back but they didn't know that that meant that you had to trade a life for stone or a yeah. soul for a soul okay yeah that's what i couldn't quite remember how all that went so that was the the one thing that i was kind of interesting or that i kind of saw as a plot hole but i i didn't think it was i just needed to be i guess think think through it a little bit more yeah but anyway yeah that that was the only way that that was going to go down yeah out of all the deaths that I thought to happen in this movie, I did not think that one was going to happen. What I, the, 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 the best thing about that scene is I didn't know who it was going to be until it happened. Oh, I mean, it had to be Nat. It had to be. Cause Jeremy Renner had a family that they were trying to save. And if they succeeded for Hawkeye to be dead, we don't trade lives. I know. I know they don't trade lives, <laughs> but Black Widow's family is the Avengers. She has nothing else. And so it, I think this whole thing is leading up to her, like making that sacrifice for her family. This this was the, the end of the character arc going from uh, an assassin to um, someone who like was hesitantly involved with the personal lives to leading shield and being a leader on the team and then making the sacrifice to get the soul stone. Yeah. She went from somebody who didn't have a family and didn't have like friends or anything around her to the leader. I mean, she was the de facto leader as everybody was gone in those five years. She became like the mom of the family. (laughs) Oh, 
Right. And it's, it's so, it makes that even more heartbreaking that all these, like, I mean, especially that scene where, so all their store, everybody gets their stones and there's some weird things that happen in there that we could spend more time on. I'm not sure it necessarily needs it. I would say one of the better parts of all of that is the, well, one is the Captain America in the <laughs> elevator scene. Oh man. What a misdirection. <laughs> the Hail Hydra. What a misdirection. Yes. You thought you were going to get the awesome Winter Soldier scene again. I was so excited for it. What a what a hilarious joke. Yep. And then not and then, and then and then he also gets the I can do this all day to himself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. That is America's ass. <laughs> it's like we finally yep. got to see like like broken Steve Rogers is like kind of funny, which mm-hmm. is like not something I expected. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> so we put the gauntlet back together. Who else but Hulk decides to do the snap and we instantly have an indicator that like everybody's come back because Hawkeye gets a call from his wife who was uh who disappeared in the snap. Dusted. And then, you know, from there it's revealed that Nebula was from the past actually and she came back and then well, she's actually working with Thanos in this timeline. Blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Big battle between none other than the three leads, you could say, Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man, and Thanos after the Avengers base gets blown to smithereens. And nobody dies after a nuclear missile dies. strike. <laughs> yep. Yep. Don't even care. Don't even care at all. <laughs> and in all of that, you get Cap holding Mjolnir. Oh my god! And that's <sighs> nuts. That was so cool. That was maybe the best scene of the movie. That was so yeah. cool. Cause you're, I was just like, what? What's happening? What? Wait, what? Oh my god! Oh my! My gosh. theater was very loud when that happened. People went crazy. Yeah, yeah, I did too, man. It <laughs> it was the culmination of the character. Cause if anyone's yeah. worthy to be have the power of Thor, it's it's Steve Rogers. I also loved, I loved when like they were, you know, like pretty sure that everything worked and then they were surprise attacked by the past Thanos and they have no idea what's going on. Thor and Cap and Iron Man are just like, well, all right, I guess nobody else is coming. We're going to do this. So the only real issue I have with this, and maybe you guys can shed some some light into my, my questions. Um, Maybe we could share some light on that, dude. Well, thank you. <laughs> how we could probably have that. <laughs> how is Nebula from the past syncing memories with Nebula from the future? So I think it's a. I she's like basically a machine, right? So it's a computer. So I think it's some kind of like glitch or connection through that. So like, it's a cloud-based data storage. Okay, yeah. so by her being in that time, her brain is sinking to the cloud. And, yes. Okay. I can buy that. But that was I was like, wait, okay, so if she's having all of these thoughts, why is no one else having these also, like, future thoughts? Yeah. And Okay. Yeah, right. I, I, that's, yeah, I thought of it as, yeah, kind of like the computer. I didn't really think of it as the cloud, but just kind of this, like, connection with whatever computer operator, whatever her operating system is. Okay. Because that's like, Nebula is weirdly like, the whole plot kind of revolves around her character in this in this film. Yeah, like Thanos wouldn't come back at all if it wasn't for her. Yeah. 
the fight would pretty much be done. Yeah. But I think that that's what makes her redemption even more special is like she has all these things against her and it would be so easy for her to just be like, yeah, I'm just going to go back to Thanos and all these old ways and other things. And no, she constantly is like fighting to be like, I'm making up for what I've done. Yeah. And like even goes out of her way to be like, Gamora, we are friends in this future. Like we are sisters and it's so much for this character that was not even close to there to go from, you know, evil as evil can be to like, she's like, I don't want to say an anti-hero, but like she has like a redemptive arc. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Good for them. Cause I mean, Karen Gillian had to shave her head for so long. So good for her. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get, I'd argue the greatest shot in the entire oh, yeah. Marvel cinematic history. Yes. Of cap strapping on that shield, bloody beat up, Oh, and it's just oh him against the landscape of Thanos's army. That wide <laughs> shot. I I that was Luke Skywalker facing down yep. the the at ats in the first order. I, I, it like took it my was. breath that's, away. That's like it's we talked about this with Star Wars, but with the same thing, but like that's the very not even like the very soul of the character. That's like the very soul of a comic book. Yes. Like, yeah. that's that what was it the is. center like, that was the centerfold. It's like the it's like the singular hero who's just good doing like to use the word the phrase whatever it takes. Like and I yeah. thought he was gonna say I can do this all day and I was gonna be fine with it even though it was hokey. Like I'm, who cares? I'm, I'm glad point. he didn't. I, I yeah, but, I mean I can go either way. It wouldn't have bothered me if he had. But that's that, so so that's where I think the difference between fa- like pandering and like not like you know, as you guys would say, fan service is that like pandering would have been like, yes, they put that line in there. Sure. Fan service is just like the strap of the shield and everybody knows exactly what he's thinking. Right. Yeah. It's, you don't need you're to right. Say he it. doesn't need to say it because you know, that's, that's what it is. Right. You know that he, in his mind is like, I will gladly die today fighting this fight against all of these, all against this entire army. Like he, if nobody was to ever come back him up, he would still go into that fight. And that's him. Like, that's that character. Oh, he's the best. But little portals start opening up. You know what? And we get all of it's everybody. Like, it's like the greatest family reunion of all time. Yeah. And that, so this, this is something that, that cracks me up is like, I've always like, if you were to be like, name, like, give me three notes from a Marvel score. I could maybe hum something from Guardians, but then I'd be like, oh yeah, that's, you know actual music that's not actual like <laughs> score but in this movie when that like avengers hum that dun, 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 like that part oh i got chills that's what i was just about to say man like the, i've i've been one of those people that have crapped on the scores of the marvel cinematic universe but man oh man this movie and infinity war bring it in terms of the score department I wouldn't say they're the most like epic or memorable, but just the the thematic emotional elements in, that are happening in those specific scenes. Um, go listen to the song "Portals," which is the song that happens in this moment, and you can envision the entire scene in your head as you hear that song, and it is just perfect. I listened to it like 20 times today. It was wonderful. What I love about 
about this scene is, is they're like, they like totally askew real time and they're just like hero shots for everyone. Hero shot, hero <laughs> shot, hero shot. And it's just like, you like, you get these like chills and almost these like tears, just like, it's almost like, like, it's bizarre because like you knew, you know what's happening. You knew it's, you know it's coming. That was fan but service. But it just brings everything it's like but but i think of it as like that's why i talk about like why this is a perfect comic book movie that's how a comic book would have done it it would have been panel 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 and you would have gotten everyone like looking the coolest and like like black panther with the with the um the the whole um the whole army of wakanda and you have you know dr strange and the sorcerers like you have like the the people the warriors of asgard like you just have like everyone here and it's just like, all right, well, I mean, not today, you know, like not today. <laughs> and it's like, you knew it was coming, but that moment when you finally see like, especially like Spider-Man, uh. moment when I finally saw it, it was like, yes. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> That's, I mean, so we get into that final battle. What were some of the best moments of that final battle for you guys? You know, I really could have done with, I could have done without the whole, like, uh, all girl scene. I really didn't, I didn't need that. I, that uh, was, that was like, that was just so hilarious and awesome. Yeah. It was, it was just a joy, like a total joy. No, I, Did we all I have that it. thought in that, in the moment though of like, oh, like, I love this, but there are going to be people online tomorrow. Can't just wait being for like, the takes. Yes. Can't wait for the takes. Yes. Can't wait for the takes. Yes. Yeah. Man, I need to rewatch I, it again because that scene, that battle is just so dense. Like nothing oh, specifically yeah. comes to mind. It was cool seeing like Tony Stark and Pepper Potts like working together. Like, oh, yeah. relationship goals, guys. Yeah. Um, Thor, Thor and Cap fighting together, switching weapons, and yes. then Thor demanding they switch back. Yes. <laughs> um, and I love. And we we haven't really talked about her at all, but the way this movie uses Captain Marvel is really perfect because like, and especially if you've seen Captain Marvel, you know, like what her power potential is, but she like clearly states from the very beginning that this is not her priority. Like she is not at the core concerned with earth. So when she does show up, you know that like, this is when she needed to show up. This is when it needed to happen. I initially, that was my biggest complaint was like, okay, you mean to tell me during all this time travel, other random stuff, Captain Marvel's nowhere to be found. And then I thought back, Trevor, to exactly what you said of she's like, other planets don't have Avengers. Yeah, they don't have you guys. Yeah. She right. showed up like, just oh, in time okay. to do what she was supposed to do, which was like go toe to toe with Thanos and be able to hold her own. Also, it's, it's, she's the newest character and like this whole movie is about sending off the Avengers. So spending a lot of time with Captain Marvel would have been a waste. We come to the end of the battle and, you know, earlier in the battle, Tony had asked Dr. Strange if this was the one path that led to success out of the 14 million. And, you know, Dr. Strange is like, if I told you it wouldn't happen. And then, you know, you get this shot. and Everybody knows exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> Doctor Strange puts up his one little finger and looks at Tony Stark like, this is the one. And you're instantly like, all right, there goes Tony. <laughs> I, there I wasn't, I was ready for him to like get the snot beat out of him by Thanos in order for like it to work. But I was not ready for how they 
sent him off. I was not ready for that to happen. I mean, he... Well, I think we talked about this after Infinity War last year, but he had to be the hero. Like, that's... Yeah. That's the, that's the way that this whole thing has been working towards. I mean, he... I, I thought... I, I wasn't exactly sure how he would die. I thought he would be the most likely to die just because of his character and his arc. But, but he had to be the hero. Yeah, I, I was thinking about it today, and this kind of spoils... Well, we're already in spoilers, so whatever. But um, The whole movie is a spoiler. Yeah. So this is obviously the end of Captain America and Iron Man. And, and Tony died, but also Captain finally got his dance. And, and really, the, Tony and Steve Rogers have been mirrors of each other this entire time, which has made them perfect co-leads to lead the Avengers, because there's just... There's an inherent conflict in their characters, even though they have a shared mission. And so in the Avengers, Steve Rogers tells Tony that the only thing that he really fights for is himself. He's not the guy to make the sacrifice play, to lay down on the wire and let the other guy crawl over him. And Stark always gave Rogers crap for being Captain America all the time. And and Steve is moving to like some sort of enlightened self-interest in a way and Tony's moving to selflessness and they both get to their end points like perfectly in this film they become the full versions of themselves Tony sacrifices himself to save everyone Steve has been doing that his whole life and finally gets to enjoy the rest of his life I mean it's just like it's it's perfect character writing it's perfect (laughs) I mean gosh yeah you're right it's they become they become more like each other in all the right ways. Mm-hmm. That moment where Tony Stark says, you know, I'm Iron Man. Oh, oh man. I wasn't that, ready for that's that. That's a beautiful moment. I wasn't ready for that either. Oh my gosh. I just can't think of like a more perfect way. Like when you think about it, it's like, okay, yeah, that's the only logical way. Only, only logical thing he could have said in that moment. But I wasn't like in the moment. You're not thinking about I, I it because no you're idea. so wrapped yeah, up. I just say I had no idea what he was about to say. In, in the, I thought he was going to no say, say something like "and we're the Avengers," but to say "I am Iron Man" and then do the snap. <laughs> it was just like, oh my god, twenty two movies, and it was it was so worth it. <laughs> Wait, at what point? Did, when did you guys cry? It took me a while to cry. I cried when Morgan asked Happy if they could go get cheeseburgers. That's what made me cry. <laughs> Like, seriously. <laughs> you cried the whole time, didn't you, Cam? <laughs> Jake can verify. Me and Jake went to go see this together, yeah. and I think, like, instantly, I was like, oh, oh no. Yeah. I think I was a blubbering mess you, pretty you quick. You held it pretty pretty together, but the last 30 minutes was pretty rough. <laughs> no, I'm with you, Trevor. Like, the, the end stuff, I mean, the Tony Stark funeral, the Tony Stark death scene the captain passing on the shield scene. I mean, I was holding back tears the whole time, but anytime there's like kids at a funeral or dogs involved, it's, <laughs> it's generally over for me. Snowbuddy, Jake's a goner. Uh, like Airbud, goner. Snow dogs, snow dog five. Uh, don't even get me started. Five now dog five. Yeah, five now. <laughs> Cuba getting junior. Oof. Five now dog five. Oh, yeah. There's not a better way they could have sent off Cap's character and Iron Man's character. Jake, you're you're perfectly right with that. That's that's a beautiful way to look at that. Yeah. Have we yeah, it's I, I read have you guys seen the stuff about how the Cap thing doesn't doesn't make sense with the time travel rules? I no. thought about it. 
I kind of so was like, isn't he supposed to return for the timeline to not change? But I, See, I, I think what what happens is he uses the time travel device to come back to that point. He doesn't just show up there at that time because he lived through the whole 20th century. He's in a different timeline. And it seems like people didn't get that. Huh. So do you think that like he and Peggy went and had their own timeline? Like they, yeah, I think they, it's a they traveled, time. like he took enough pen particles for him and Peggy to go flash somewhere and have their own timeline. I mean, I don't know about that, but I think that wherever he went back to, it, it created a different timeline than the one that we have been seeing movies in. Mm. Okay. Well, I'm excited to watch the movies that they make in that timeline. <laughs> I mean, my thing with all of that, I was just like, "Who cares?" Yeah, <laughs> right? like right. at that point, it's like, "Well, that's what someone was I, like." I, I, was I like, don't care. Would would it be against Steve Rogers' character to try to sit, to not try to save the world once he went back into those times? And I'm like, "Well, yeah. I don't care. Doesn't matter." But guys, I mean, we in terms of like alternate timelines and things, we haven't talked about Loki getting the Tesseract. Oh, I know. And that I mean, is the Disney Plus yeah. show, right? Like that's what that is. <laughs> And I mean, there's th- this is all Disney Plus show setups. That whole there scene so was many so here. good. The the with they got Robert Redford to come do it. Like, oh my gosh, that was so cool. That and then you have the like, I mean, Cap passing on the shield to uh-huh. Falcon. Have we had any? Have we had Bucky. any Captain America can't be black takes yet? Have we? Have we seen any of those? I surprisingly haven't. I haven't either. But I mean, that is like Falcon does become Cap for a while in the comics, right? So. Yeah, it's I mean, it's canon to this point. So, but I'm yeah, but I, I guess Bucky does too for a while. So I can't. I think wait. it was cool to introduce or like to like in that moment have Bucky be like signing off on it, like he's like nodding and like yeah, yeah. fully deserved. I mean, he's probably tired too. <laughs> he's just as old as Steve Rogers. <laughs> That's true. What does he say? He calls himself in Infinity War like a semi-stable hundred-year-old man. Yeah. Is that, is yeah. that what he says? <laughs> Where does this land ultimately for you guys in the realm of like great Marvel movies? Is this top tier? Is this middle? I, I mean, from the sound of it, we all love it, but how much do we love it? I love it 3,000, man. <laughs> oh, dang it. Oh, man. Gosh. <laughs> That oh, was that's heartbreaking. Okay. Heartbreaking. Sorry. Um the I think if you took this doesn't exactly answer your question. If you take this and Infinity War as one single film, it's the best movie yeah. of the universe. Totally agree. It's not meant to necessarily be its own movie, even though it is great and fantastic. But 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 yeah, if you put them together, if it's a five and a half hour movie, um which our, I may watch our like rule that of our rule of judging movies as a standalone does not apply to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> no, it can't. And I, I, that'd be like judging. I mean, we keep talking TV shows, but you don't judge a TV show on one episode. It's like season by season. Yeah. And this season had two incredible final episodes. Yeah. This is <laughs> like Game of Thrones, basically. Like the end of Breaking Bad. They yeah. just like kept ratcheting it up more and more. Yeah. And you're like, there's no way that they're going to top that. There's no way. There's no. And then, yeah, they did. Definitely agree with Trevor. This is if you combine it with Infinity War as it is supposed to be, um, it's the best Marvel movie by far. I think the I mean, phase three of the MCU is pretty incredible. Yeah. 
when you look at the run of movies that they went on there, like Black Panther and Captain America Civil War, I mean, there's just goldmine after goldmine within there. I wish it was done. Honestly, like this, I kind of don't want any more Marvel movies because it's just so perfect. It feels think, weird. It feels wrong to go on. I don't think any other phase culmination is going to be this good. I just don't think it's going to work. Did right, like you're always gonna have to say goodbye to characters. But are you gonna like at the end of phase six? Is it every three phases that it's like, all right, now we get rid of these characters and put in these characters? But we say that, and comic books do these huge events every five years, and they work, at least for me, over and over again. Like DC doing Crisis on Infinite Earth, and then following it up with Infinite Crisis, and then Final Crisis. And they have these through lines that tie them all together, and it resets the universe, resets boundaries all the time. So I think... I think as long as they can keep tying themselves to the source material and not trying to make movies necessarily, but but really filling it with the soul of what a comic book is about, I think it can keep happening. That makes sense. Well, let's hope. Also, if you keep casting people as good as Tom Holland, then it's gonna that helps. That's true, man. The casting <laughs> the casting director has been the same casting director for every Marvel movie. Really? Yeah. Whoever that is and deserves an Oscar. <laughs> I read her name recently. Her name is Sarah something. Hold on, let me look her up. I think MVP of the MCU is Sarah something. Sarah Finn. Yeah, she Sarah Finn. She is incredibly responsible for this I entire can't, thing. I can't even think like like every character is is right. And some yep. big like, risks too. Yeah. Mark Ruffalo to play the Incredible Hulk. Chris Pratt when he was super fat. <laughs> like Dave yep. Bautista. I mean, Dave Bautista was a nobody before Guardians. Ugh, and he's hilarious. Yeah, like there are some big risks. Vin Diesel. <laughs> of course. Cameron over there. Vin, Vin Diesel, guys. But that's okay. So here's the amazing part about this. It, so much was made about the movie's three hours long. Oh my, this movie does not feel three hours. No. And at the same time, it uses every second like perfectly. Oh yeah. Yeah. It gives, it, it uses it so well because it, it gives you a finale for every character. What's weird is it's, it's a slow paced film. Like the first hour and a half is pretty slow, but like it never feels like it's dragging. How long is the epilogue on this thing? Like 20 minutes? I didn't, I mean, I wasn't like clocking it as I was going yeah, through Yeah, I would say about 20. Um, all right, let's get to our final thoughts and ratings. Trevor, kick us off. This is it, you guys. I mean, it's it's six out of six Infinity Stones. This is this is the movie. It's, it's, what it, it's what it is. It's why we go to the movies. It's why we love comic books. It's why we love heroes. It's why they beat the bad guys. It's, this is it. This is, this is everything. Uh, it's, it's amazing. Uh yeah, I mean I loved it three thousand. That's that's my review. It's an A plus. I want to see it again. Uh it was it was fantastic. This is our generation Star Wars. Like that's what this is. Um I yeah. I think we kind of romanticized the the past when like Star Wars was coming out, Jaws, the original Blade Runner, those those things that are cultural touchstones. We're living in that time. Um and, and we got to experience that with this film. 
And I think it is a theater going experience that we'll remember for the rest of our lives. Cause it, it was one of those moments. Um, I, I want to see it again. I, I have like very few minor issues with this film, but just what this film is, what it represents, the technical achievement. We didn't even talk about technical stuff in this film. Um, cause there's so much to talk about. It's just, it's perfect. It's, it, it's everything I wanted it to be a plus loved it. 3000. Yeah. This is an a plus for sure. This is, this is why you go to the movies. Like I get it. Support indie films. I'm all about like smaller character films. You will never in your life see a movie like this again. That's this big with this many characters somehow makes coherent sense, somehow ties up 50 different story. Like there will never again be anything this big and this good. And it's incredible. There will never be anything like it again. And it's, it's weird to have this finality, but I was the one who in our text group was being like, I don't like that. There's not a post credit scene. I don't like that. We're not going what's next. <laughs> and then you guys are both like, Cam, shut your mouth. And the more that I've sat on it, the more I'm like, I'm fine. Like I'm, I'm happy to be at this place where it's like, I don't know what's coming next. And it's kind of beautiful to just sit in this end game, like bliss for a while. It basically had 20 minutes of post credit scenes. Like each character had their own <laughs> That's post <true>. credit scene. <laughs> That's a very good yeah. point. Also, the end t- we didn't talk about the end titles somehow. Like showing the glimpses of the characters through the years was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very neat. Great little moment. All right. That's all we have for our endgame review after 11 years. MCU has ended its first season of TV. <laughs> So we look forward to season two. Actually, I guess technically not. Technically, Spider-Man Far From Home is the last film of phase three. What a so. blue balls that is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get to our content of the week. Trevor, what is your content of the week? Okay. Uh, my content of the week is to go see Avengers Endgame. It's really good. Um, I'm, I'm, well, I'm not totally kidding. I'm definitely I'm going to see it again in theater. Um. No, uh, a, a band that I really like who's very good called The Local Natives. You've probably heard of them. Came out with a new yeah. album last week. It is called something I can't quite remember, Violet Street. And it is very good, just like the rest of the music. It's not necessarily a huge departure from who they are or what they do, but it's just kind of more of something similar, a little bit of a different direction, but kind of in that same vibe. Local Natives is just like... I don't know if it's 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 kind of like the new yacht rock like it's just so chill <laughs> and good and not in like the nerdy dad kind of yacht rock way but just like it's hipster yacht you rock wanna, right what you want to listen to on the yacht yeah. that you are never going to afford because you're a millennial. i'm gonna recommend a show that i don't think we've ever talked about on here before but it is so funny i think it's one of the best animated shows come out in a really long time and all of it is on hulu uh, and it's bob's burgers and if you guys aren't watching Bob's Burgers, you're missing out on some of the best comedy on TV. So check out Bob's Burgers. It is a really fun, just have on in the background and then just like check in every once in a while for a really good laugh and then go back to what you're doing. It's it's great. Bob's Burgers. Can't recommend it enough. I don't mean to be this person, but I, I saw Hamilton. Yeah, I, a real original of me. Real hot take here. Hamilton's really good. And... Um, you should listen to the music, even if you haven't seen the musical, because it's incredible. That is all we have for this week's episode. We'll be back next week with a new episode. 
you've enjoyed listening to us, please go to iTunes, Spotify, subscribe, rate, review us, share us with your friends and family. If you want to know more about us, you can go to our website at Popcorn Optional. If you want to interact with us, the best place to do that is on Twitter at Popcorn Optional. My name is Cameron Slanina. You can find me on Twitter at 321 Time or on Letterboxd at C Slanina. Jake, where can we find you online? You can find me at jakebrand.tv. That is my website and my Instagram. Trevor. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Turbo Trevor. In the words of Truman Burbank, if I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Bye. I'll be good. Bow, 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 bow.